0: Hello, and welcome to Voice of Democracy podcast. I am Bruce Carter. In this podcast, you will hear intriguing and thoughtful interviews, as well as actionable tips and strategies that can be implemented either in your institution, health and wellness, and education. Our podcast is not about name recognition or being famous. Everyone has untapped potential. And today's fast changing landscape demands nation leaders who can quickly adapt, build trust, and deliver value through people and technology. We're listening. And providing insight on tough political business challenges including talent transformation geopolitical conflicts pandemics and social injustice in this podcast series voice of democracy offers insight to help you tackle today's challenges and prepare for tomorrow through social change we will be the voice of democracy american promise global mission thanks for spending time with us today now let's jump into your daily dose of voice of democracy Today's co-hosts and guests are my lovely bride, Dr. Sherry House, and my awesome mother-in-law, Gwendolyn House. Gwendolyn served in the United States Army as a dietitian. She served in South Korea, Fort Sam Houston, as an intern, and Texas and Fort Bragg, North Carolina. Later in life, Gwendolyn retired from the federal government civil service. Dr. Sherry House is a board-certified pediatrician. She served in the United States Army as a medical doctor. Dr. Howe's military deployments includes combat deployment to Afghanistan as a battalion surgeon and was stationed and conducted her medical pediatric training at Tripler Army Medical Center, Hawaii. She's currently the owner of B-Well Epasol, Pediatric Apostle, Texas. Today's highlight will focus on importance of access to healthcare, specifically lupus and autoimmune disease, in particular, the impact for black and brown people, facts. About 1.5 million Americans have lupus, and there are an estimate of 16,000 new cases each year. More than five million people worldwide have some form of this disease. Here's one study found that lupus care costs. Medical care for moderate or severe diseases, 22,000 to 83,000 a year. Medical care for mild disease, 9,000 to 15,000. Pharmacy costs for all types of lupus, $1,600 1600 to 13000 or 19% or 23% of the total direct costs. The study did not break down how much these costs were paid by individual or their family and how much was paid by insurance companies or a government agency. Several governmental and nonprofit organizations provide financial assistance to people with expensive chronic conditions like lupus. So Dr. House, I know you and Gwen will discuss um, her challenges in living with lupus from her perspective. So let's get started.
1: Yes, let's get started. Thank you for having both of us here. So I wanted to start off just briefly giving an overview of lupus. So what is lupus? It's an autoimmune disease, meaning basically the body attacks itself. It typically affects women who are in their childbearing or reproductive ages. It's characterized by a chronic inflammatory disease in the body and can basically affect just about every organ to include the brain, kidneys, lungs, heart, and skin, just to name a few. Patients can experience flares anywhere from one to two times a year. African-American women are mostly affected and the symptoms can vary anywhere from rashes, changes in the color of their fingers, clots, eye manifestations, swelling of joints, chest pain, and even changes in their cognitive function. Unfortunately, it can take a while to diagnose lupus. It requires many labs and evaluation by your doctor or even a referral to a rheumatologist. So the rheumatologist is going to closely monitor and begin treatment with antiviral or excuse me, antimalarial drugs. So let's jump right in and have my mom tell you a little bit about her story. So mommy, tell me how you got diagnosed with lupus.
2: Thank you, Sherry, for inviting me today. I'm 73 years of age. I'm retired. At age 64, my diagnosis of lupus journey started in January 2014, on a very cold day with the temperature in the 20s. Your dad and I were shoveling snow on a long driveway. When my hands and fingers became very cold, I went inside to warm them, but it was very hard to get them warm. After that experience, I had pain in my right hand and a little pain in my left hand, which would awake me at night. My next visit to my primary care provider, I shared my concerns with her and she gave me a physical medicine referral. There they performed different tests. To kind of fast forward, Sherry, other symptoms appeared. I was fatigue, weakness in my thigh muscles, rash on my lower back, pain in my left shoulder and cervical spine, blisters in my mouth, alopecia, a small bald spot of hair loss, long nodules, and unexplainable weight loss of 20 plus pounds. During this process of symptoms, I was seen by 12 medical subspecialists, and I'm going to name a few, Sherry, Um, Physical medicine, dermatologist, permenologist, neurologist, cardiologist, hematologist, infectious disease, physical therapist, even acupuncture, pain management, orthopedic surgeon, and finally, the rheumatologist. There are lots of tests, scans, and I'm just gonna name a few of them, Sherry. CAT scan, PET scan, MRIs, and a ANA, which is anti-nuclear antibiotic test, bronchoscopy, endoscopy, and I also had carpal tunnel surgery on my right hand. My left hand improved during the orthopedic hand therapy. Finally, in June 2014, I was diagnosed by rheumatologist with lupus inflammatory myositis. Sherry, it took six months to be diagnosed with lupus after seeing all the medical subspecialists. The rheumatologist started me on 400 milligrams of Plaquenil, and a couple of months later, he decided to reduce the 300 milligrams of Plaquenil which I consistently take today. Thank God the lupus has been stable since diagnosed in 2014. Therefore, the doctor says everything is stable and I'm in remission. I'm continue to be monitored by the rheumatologist four to six months. I do not want to have a flare. Okay, well, thank you
1: for sharing your story. So it seems like a lot of your presentation was typical but also atypical because your age, you were 64 at the time and we just indicated that many patients come um, for presentation when they're of reproductive or childbearing age. And it also seems that you had a lot of the same symptoms that sometimes lupus patients can present with to include the rash and um, a little bit of ache in your joints. Um, And lastly, it took six months and you saw how many specialists? 12 specialists. 12 specialists wow. over six wow. months. So that averages to at least, what, two visits with subspecialists almost a month? Two visits. I was That's very busy. That's a lot. Yeah. That is a lot. And so I just want to emphasize, um, you indicated that you're on one medication right now. Yes. And that is an anti-malarial drug? Yes.
2: Okay, not
1: antiviral. <laughs> yes. um, so typically,
2: most lupus patients are not just on one drug, right? Right, right. I I take uh, consistently daily 300 milligrams of Plaquenil.
1: Very good. So in that, I just wanted to ask, so what do you think may have been some of the risk factors that increase your um, chance of being diagnosed with this autoimmune disease of lupus?
2: Well, when I think about it, um, in the year 2000, I had my first autoimmune disease of ITP. ITP is idiopathic thrombocytopenia purpura. Well, that's a mouthful, Ma. I know. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's just a blood, it's a blood disorder. In other words, low platelets, the cells that help blood clot. This disease can lead to easy or excessive b- bleeding and bruising. Do and you I,
1: recall what your platelet count was
2: when you were diagnosed? My platelet count at that time was 3,000. And normal mm-hmm. is at least what? At least above 50,000. Okay. Wow.
1: Before they get concerned. but
2: Before they get concerned. Okay. But
1: 150,000 is typically around where yes. you'd like. Okay. So
2: 3,000. Yes. 3,000. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, um, I've read that 10% of ITP patients go on to develop lupus. Uh, Now, anyone can get lupus. Uh, Being a female, 78% of women who get autoimmune disease uh, who are African American, Hispanic, and other ethnic groups. I do have relatives with autoimmune diseases, and most of these relatives are on my mother's side of the family and siblings. Okay, well, very good. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit more about the medication.
1: So we indicated that you're only on one. Can you tell us a little bit more about the Plaquenil and whether or not have you had any side effects from taking this medication? Uh,
2: I consistently, like I said, take the Plaquenil 300 milligrams daily. No side effects at all. Um, Recently, um, I have some dry skin dry eyes, um, dry mouth, uh, itching of my scalp that's just recently appeared um, inside of my ears. And I am being treated right now by the dermatologist uh, with creams and scalp oil and this seemed to be working. I also want to mention that I see the ophthalmologist uh, when I was first diagnosed in 2014 and seeing the ophthalmologist uh, the ophthalmologist established a baseline for retinal toxicity of the eyes and this is like you want to get this done the first treatment that you have with plathomil, mm-hmm. plathomil, uh to make sure that there is no toxicity uh, so far there has been no retinal toxicity of the eyes. Well, that certainly is a blessing. It is. So, you said that you're busy.
1: I'd like to know a little <coughs> bit more about your day-to-day routine. Um, what does a typical day consist of or look like for you?
2: Well, I'm an early riser. So, I my routine is usually, uh, first I do a devotional reading, um, I exercise on my treadmill, um, usually when the weather is, is favorable. Uh, I I'm outside um, walking. And I do this for about 30 to 45 minutes daily. I do some stretches and I have these weights. I have a two pound and I have a five pound. I I like the two pounds. Two, five pound. The the five pound is a little bit heavier, so I go between the two. I eat well-balanced meals daily a.m. and p.m. and sometimes I occasionally snack. I take my medication on time daily and I try to stay hydrated. I have these uh, bottles of 16.9 ounces of fluid. I try to drink about four to five bottles. So you can average that out to about 48 to 52 ounces of of fluid per day. Um, I use a Mediterranean plant-based diet which consists of fruits and vegetables, uh, whole grain, beans, nuts, lean meats, like um, fish, chicken, turkey, and I use olive oil, Mm -hmm. Uh, some dairy. I try to limit my consumption of sweets and no red meats for about five to six years. Very good. Nice. Uh, And I'm involved in social and church activities. I sleep at least six to seven hours a night. But my goal is eight. <laughs> That's all of us. I uh, whole cook meals. Uh, I limit eating out. I love to do creative uh, things like sewing. I do letter handwriting, card making, calligraphy, and I love to work with my flowers on my deck and front porch and out a uh, yard work outside. And I also want to mention, which has been really to keep my well being. I use Young Living Essential Oils. Mm-hmm. I use them ar- aromatically mm-hmm. and topically. And some of the oils are like lavender, peppermint, these uh, for my well being. Mm-hmm. And what do you use if you have pain? If I have pain, I, ha- I use essential oil that's called uh, Copahiba and Panaway. Panaway. Mm-hmm. Very good. Okay. So you indicated that
1: your doctor said, right now your lupus is stable and you've been in remission for almost 10 years. What do you think um, has been some of the key factors that have helped you to uh, manage this?
2: Well, I think there are a few things there. Um, First of all, I think the diet, the Mediterranean and the plant-based diet, um, my consistent exercise, um, the medication, take my medication daily, Including, I think, my vitamin D level. And do you know your vitamin D level? My vitamin D level right now is at 74. Okay. All right. Uh, But I I want to not go too high, not to go too low. And what would be too low for a lupus patient, you think? I think below maybe 40. Okay. Very good. Mm -hmm. Um, I make my medical appointments with my primary provider, and I make all of my medical subspecialist appointments. I also think knowing my symptoms, knowing the treatment of lupus and keeping abreast of updates of lupus from various organizations. I have been a part of the Lupus of America Foundation. I do the Lupus Newsletter, John Hopkins. Um, I also uh, look at updates from the American College of Rheumatology, and there are also uh, a clinical trials at NIH, mm-hmm. the National Institute of Health, mm-hmm. and uh, I have been um, asked to participate, mm-hmm. uh, but I was not qualified. Okay. Uh, but Good. they they are requested, and they want more African Americans. Uh, are needed for these trials. Very good. Well, oh, one other thing, uh, I also have purchased a book called The Lupus oh, yeah. Encyclopedia. This book is written by Dr. Donald E. Thomas. And
1: you got to meet him at a conference, did yes, you Yes, I, I did. This was a good. John
2: Hopkins Lupus uh, conference. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's a very good book. Uh, it tells you about lupus, and it also... Um, gives you benefits and things like that. Okay,
1: very good. So you mentioned conferences. What advice would you give someone right now who is, um, possibly recently diagnosed, or even just living with lupus. Um, Given that your presentation was a little bit atypical, your older Mm -hmm. uh, patient, uh, what would you just recommend or or say to someone who just was recently diagnosed, you've been there, and now currently living with lupus for almost 10 years? What advice would you give?
2: I would say, Sherry, uh, for that person to learn all they can about lupus. Uh, Make all your medical appointments, uh, attend conferences when they are offered. Mm-hmm. Uh, at conferences, you get a chance to meet other people with lupus. Mm-hmm. Uh, find a support group. Uh, this includes um, there are usually support groups in all over the country. And at these support groups, you are able to share your symptoms, your diagnosis, and your treatment with others. Mm-hmm. Know your medical history. Uh, this including your numbers. Okay, such as? uh, The A1C for diabetes, Mm -hmm. blood pressure, cholesterol. Okay. Everyone uh, whose diagnosis that I found with lupus is different. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I've met different people at conferences, and this has given me an indication. Uh, Diet and exercise is very important. Um, Like some of the exercises that I do, aerobics and walking, um, stretching. A little bit of weight lifting. You should try to take small steps to support your immune system. Mm -hmm. Um, Pay attention to your body, your mind and your spirit. Mm -hmm. Learn to pace yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, Don't blame yourself if you feel fatigue. Um, Using the Young Living Essential Oils for my well-being has helped me physically, emotionally and spiritually. Uh, and like I said before, I think, consider a support group. Mm-hmm. Uh, group members will teach each other how to cope with the disease, lupus. Uh, and most of all, I consider support for my family, mm-hmm. my face based community groups. And I'm also involved in a, a lot of social activities. Well, that's good. So, what
1: other alternative things do you personally do to stay healthy during this particular time of COVID? In the past three years, how how has COVID or the pandemic affected how you live your day to day life?
2: Well, I I continue to um, try to have to have a healthy diet. I mentioned the Mediterranean plant based. Uh, exercising is very important keep all your doctor's appointments so even during the throughout the entire
1: pandemic you kept all of your doctor's appointments yes I did okay mm-hmm. some very of good. them
2: were virtually mm-hmm. and some of them were in person mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, know your numbers as I've stated before I'm fully vaccinated and, and how many vaccines have you had, I've had five vaccines wow. mm-hmm.
1: so you've had everything that's been offered for yes now. how about a flu shot yes Pneumococcal.
2: Yes. Okay. Very good. Yeah. And the shingles. Shingles. Oh, we can't forget the shingles. <laughs> right. Uh, and I also wear the uh, mask. I use the KN95 and the K95 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in public settings. Um, again, my essential oils, I use those. Okay, good.
1: So um, my last question that I have for you, Mom, is how do you feel your access to medical care um, has overall affected your management and ability to,
2: to ultimately stay in remission right now with your lupus? Uh, I would, to answer your question, Sherry, which is a great question, mm-hmm. I would say definitely yes. Because uh, for my family and I, being a part of and access to the military medical health care system, it has, it has provided me with the state of the art medical care. The providers there are professional, they're knowledgeable, they know my medical history, and they all work together in providing the best medical care for me. Uh, they have met my medical needs with high standards, and I feel confident. Uh, for example, one of my medical subspecialists has been my provider for 20 plus years. Oh, wow. uh, Since I was diagnosed with ITP in 2000. Well, that's certainly continuity of care. Yes, it is. (laughs) Very good. I thank you for this opportunity to share my story, Sherry, with others. Uh, I like to think of lupus as I control the lupus. The lupus does not control
1: me. That's awesome, Mom, and I think that's a very important statement to make. I know you mentioned about your access to military and medical health, and I think it just attests to where we are today in healthcare and that the importance of policies um, being in place for people living with an autoimmune disease just to have optimal care. Uh, You mentioned three key pillars that I can take away, so access to doctors for not only your diagnosis but also your management, Number two, access to healthy foods. Um, Sometimes we don't see that in all communities across this country. And then access to resources, um, the ability and having a safe place to exercise, um, having support groups, conferences to attend, which are all key critical, not only the diagnosis, but management overall outcome of a person like yourself with autoimmune disease.
0: Wow, that that is awesome! I, I tell you, you know, we look at it from a policy standpoint. You know, can you just imagine if we had a system where everybody, no matter what your income bracket, uh, income status, that you can get good access to care? That would be, you know, optimal um, in my mind. And, and another thing I would say is we all probably need to get our vitamin D level checked.
1: Uh, there you go. Yeah, I think that's something the whole,
0: you know, this 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 nation can, couldn't could use. You know, uh, with all this pandemics and epidemics and everything else we have is going on. Viruses. Viruses, yeah, yeah. So, hey, I I tell you, team, thank you so much, um, you know, um, to my beautiful bride. Thank you for helping me out today and and my awesome mother-in-law here. You know, we definitely get our, you know, awesome father-in-law in in this, in in a segment at some (laughs) point, too, you know. So that'll be great. So, okay, as we wrap up, um, latest news. Uh, U.S. Defense Secretary Austin says Washington won't stand for corrosion or bullying from China. In politics, it is a political stunt. Uh, one state of Virginia senator said on the governor of Virginia sending troops to the border. And then further in the world news, a train crash: at least two and eight killed and eight hundred and three injured. Other big stories: Arizona will limit. Uh, Arizona will will limit um, some of this water resources, uh, as as the state. Um, is dealing with the drought and the challenges from um, uh, just you know uh, the the water crisis with the Colorado River opinions Miami Beach paid one million dollars for artwork that fell apart now is suing the artists an abstract tile, tile artwork by the artist Sarah Morris was installed at the Miami Beach Convention Center and completed by June 2019 by, by October 2020, tiles were falling off the wall, causing a safety hazard, the city said. Also, did you know on this day, in 1812, the U.S. House of Representatives approved forty nine a declaration of war against Britain. Also on this day, June 4, 1942, World War II Battle of Midway began, resulting in a decisive American victory against the Japanese, making a turning point in the Pacific War. Also on this date. 1919 the 19th amendment of the u.s constitution which gave women the right to vote was passed by the senate two weeks after being approved by the house of representatives the amendment was ratified the following year in 1984 american musician bruce springsteen released born in the usa which became one of his defining works also in this day 1989 thousand died from tenement square massacre Using assault rifles and tanks, Chinese troops massacred unarmed civilians who had taken part in a pro-democracy protest. This podcast is brought to you by the People First Consulting Voice of Democracy. For for more information about People First Consulting, you can visit www.pfc.com. American Promise, Global Mission. Thank you for tuning in and listening today. Until next time, please be safe, stay informed, and live well.